you you do a much better job at like keeping up with like stats and like I don't know how you remember people's contracts and all. I mean, I know this is the top plays podcast about sports and music, and we're supposed to both <laughs> know those things. <laughs> but I don't know how you keep all that information in. Like we'll be talking about a random player, and you're like, "Well, his contract is yada yada." I'm like, "How do you even know that?" It's weird that I know a ton of random sports and music information that I don't know why I have retained in my mind, but I do. Like I know a lot of music stuff and I know some sports stuff, but the remembering like all the like minutiae about contracts and how many years this guy and stuff, like I just can't there's too many players. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean I I probably don't know everybody's um Probably 2K helps a little bit too. Oh, uh, that's true. Playing the Cause, video game because it does have the accurate contracts when you first start. I mean, I'm like, okay, I think I'm eight seasons into. That's why like, I'm still playing like 2K. I think what 22 came out, so I'm probably playing 2K 20. It's it's two years old. That's why the the servers dropped in December and uh, right, and I can't use those teams anymore because they're gonna. Like grandfather out, basically. They're <laughs> just invisible players. They're real players, but you can't see them on the court. I'm like, how am I supposed to play four games against these teams? So you gotta upgrade to at least twenty one. Nah, because I'm I'm doing the dynasty, the Knicks and everything. I have Giannis. I uh, drafted Anthony Edwards because uh, people will make real life draft classes. So I have Anthony you, Edwards. You have Anthony Edwards and Giannis on the Knicks. Yeah, because I I uh, I started with the Pelicans, and I moved them to Seattle. Because <laughs> come on, New Orleans doesn't need a team. <laughs> we we need the the SuperSonics back. So I moved them to Seattle, yes. made them the SuperSonics, and I won the title twice. And I just wanted a challenge because I was pretty good. Uh, of course, I had Zion. That was it. Was the uh, Zion's rookie year? This game came out. So um, ended up winning two titles and. I like uh, well, go to the Knicks, and uh, it was still the lottery system at that time. Now I, I now I do a uh, a post game. Uh, I'm sorry, a postseason tournament for the number one draft pick. You can change rules and stuff like throughout the season and whatnot. It's and so, so involved. So I won the I won the first uh, draft pick with the Knicks. Like I, I was surprised, right. and so I ended up getting uh, it was either Wiseman or Anthony Edwards because I already had a point guard. I had. Um, I'm trying to think who I had at the time. I think I traded for D'Angelo Russell, actually, because I just started gutting the Knicks, and I didn't want R.J. Barrett. <laughs> so I, I think I got D'Angelo Russell at the time. I, then then I flipped him a year later for John Morant. Because <laughs> you can do trade offers, or or like you could just put your player up and see what, they, what the team would offer, and the Grizzlies are like, you want John Morant? Okay. I was like, uh, yeah, I do. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, Morant, I'm sure Morant's good in that game. Even though that would have been what, like his rookie yeah. or his second? His rookie. Yeah, his rookie Yeah, it was good his rookie year when it came out. But uh, so I uh, went to the Knicks. I drafted Anthony Edwards. It was it was either him, like I said, or, or Wiseman. So I went to Anthony Edwards. And uh, Hoy Anthony was like projected to be the number one pick. But I was like, eh, I don't need a point guard. And then in the offseason, I just like, I was like, I hope I can get Giannis because it was like he was a free agent and didn't resign. This is before he signed his contract with the Bucks. And so uh, mm-hmm. I just offered him like a player option, the most I could offer, and he came. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I got Giannis on my team. So just think if that had happened in real life. I mean, the game I'm watching right now would be less interesting, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the Bucks would, it's, uh, themselves would be just like not a draw at all. It's kind of like LeBron left the Cavs. Only the Cavs are watchable again. Right. Um, Recently. Oh, speaking of the Cavs, uh, and we we're talking about like trades and everything. Um, did you see the Cavs made a trade today? I did not. They traded. Um, let me think. I'm going off memory here. So they traded their first round pick this year. Lottery protected, which they probably will be in the lottery. They're probably going to make the playoffs. But it's lottery protected. Rookie Rubio, so they traded his contract basically because he's going to be, he's like, it's inspiring. He's injured and it's an expiring contract at right. the end of the season. And they traded, I think, two second round picks, one being the Pistons, I believe. And probably, I guess, would, could be Who their own. Terrible. Yeah. So it'll be like a, like a 30s pick, probably. probably. I don't know if it's this year or not. I would imagine. And it's probably like 30. Uh, it's 30 teams, maybe like 35, 31 to 35, probably. Um, so, and they traded for Karis LeVert to the Pacers. Um, okay. And they get a second round pick from the Rockets, I believe, which will probably be a low pick. I don't know if it's this year's or not, but if it is, it'll be a low pick. So here are my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. I know they needed like a bench guy, but I don't know if I like Karis LeVert as that. Um, He's kind of like a a selfish player, and I hope that he doesn't drag down the bench because um, the Cavs are playing pretty good, even even though they lost Sexton for the year. Uh, and that's that was a like, blow, but I mean they're not doing yeah. terrible. That game I watched the other night oh, no. was very entertaining, despite the last five minutes of insanity. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I just he's kind of like a ball stopper a little bit. Like when you pass him the ball, he either shoots it or turns it over and not really turns it over a lot. But I'm just saying like, he's not like Russell Westbrook level, but, uh, <laughs> dig that was called for. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't even dislike Russell Westbrook. He just isn't a fit. I just don't know why the, the Lakers are like, yeah, let's, let's trade all of our players for Russell Westbrook this, this year. He's just really not worked well, though. And we'll, we can talk. I plan on talking about this anyway, so we'll talk about it more later. I will say, there's slowly the Lakers are climbing up the hill out of the gutter. I don't know if it's gonna be enough because it. But anyways, I'll talk about that later. Let, yeah, let's table that for just a second. So they get Carol Severt off. Like he'll be probably like a bench player coming off like a six man ish type player. Um, I don't dislike it. I just don't love it. Uh, just because I'm, af- I'm afraid he can kind of mess the chemistry. If he, I just hope he's a team player. If he's a team player, I have no issue with it. If it, if he isn't, and he's more of like a ball stopper or just going to shoot the ball, um, I don't know if I like it. So we'll, we'll see. I, I watch the Cavs a lot, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out. I mean, like how it, I haven't really wa- so paid attention to him necessarily. So how is he offensively? I mean, is he does he score pretty good? I mean, I would say he probably puts up. If you were putting him in a starting role, he probably gets you about sixteen, eighteen points a game. Probably has about bad. six assists, maybe. I don't, I don't know. That might be a little high it's on just, assists. I don't know his stats or anything, but I mean, to me, it just sounds like don't let him be the point guard. If the fear is him hogging the ball, just don't let him be the point guard necessarily. So that it's just okay. We need the score passing the ball. You see what I'm, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it will be interesting for sure. Uh, the other night, uh, I'm just pulling up some stats. I guess the other night versus Chicago, when the Pacers played on the fourth, so that would have been on Friday night. He scored 42 points. So I mean, he can get hot. I mean, he's he's not like a he's not a bad shooter or anything. He's averaging, uh, let me pull uh, right now, 31 minutes a game, which he'll probably play less than that. I'd say he probably plays about like 24, 25 with the Cavs. I would imagine. Um, he's averaging 18.7. Uh, shooting 44%, 3.8 rebounds, 4.4 assists. Um, trying to see. Okay, here we go. Uh, rebound. Oh, he's the rebounds. I don't know he's shooting from three. I don't know why he doesn't give the threes on on this page that I'm on right now. Uh, shooting 32% from three. That's not great. Oh, wait. No, that's his rookie year. Sorry. It gave his reverse okay. stat order. Uh, he's shooting shooting 32% from three. So uh, that, that kind of carries over, I guess. So he's not a great three-point shooter, but he's doing okay. But like, I mean, points like, per if game. A... If, you can be a, if you're using him just as a spark, like you should use Russell right. Westbrook. Yeah, it'll be all right, right, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If he's a spark off the bench, that there's a good chance of him getting at least double digits in points when he comes off. That, that could be good. Again, if you're worried about him being a ball hog, just don't yeah. make him the point guard. So that he's, you know, so it still yeah. gets distributed. If that's a concern, I mean, he's it's only what year for him. Karis yeah. Levert, he's been in the NBA for about like eight seasons, nine, eight seasons, realize, yeah, eight seasons. I didn't realize it had been that long. Okay, yeah, because he was with Brooklyn for uh, Brooklyn for a, a number of years, um, and then he got traded when they, uh, I think he got injured the year they signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and I think they traded him then to Indiana. I want to say that season that they signed both those players. So I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty certain. Again, you just knowing so much about these players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just these like random things that I know, but I, I don't love the trade. It's a wait and see kind of trade. I hope it works out because as you know, uh, and I mentioned earlier in the season, the Cavs are my dark horse team this year. And I've enjoyed watching them. Like the other night, that game was wild when they were playing the Hornets. Oof. Yeah. Yes, it was. And my other trade thing is, it, there really does seem to be traction. Ben Simmons could get traded. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's definitely some talk about that, and also the possible like. There's still the rumor mill that Harden wants to leave. Yada yada. So I mean, I don't. I'm leaning not hating it for the Nets, and the reason why is because. I'm not hating it for Harden, the drama he's having to deal with playing for the Nets. Well, let's take. I'll come back to that. The, why I don't hate it for the Nets is if if you have Kyrie and you have KD, I think you have enough offense there. Uh, if obviously either they lift the the Kyrie right now is a road time player, he doesn't play home games at all. So if if they lift something, or he's able to play and they pay the fine. Um, I don't hate it because they have two guys that's going to score. They have um, Patty Mills has looked pretty good offensively this year. I know Joe Harris is injured, so he might not be back this this season. But if you just use Ben Simmons to defend, and maybe maybe they can pull one other player or a draft pick or something from Philly. Like I'm thinking, uh, I know they're not really wanting to give up Maxi or Tybal or Thibel, Um but maybe one of those two players or a draft pick, uh, that'd be pretty good. I just don't know if they'll be able to get it. Um, I would say at least Simmons and one other thing would be nice. 
So I, I don't hate it for the Nets. I think he could he could basically guard anybody. Um, yeah, if he's mentally he's a center. Yeah, if he's mentally prepared, he can get rebounds, and he is, or at least again, if he's mentally prepared to be what he was, he is a dominant defensive force. That's for sure. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. And that's what they need right now. Like the Nets, even last year, they I know they made it. That's one far. of the things they yeah. need. So Harden, is he trying to blow it up again like he did in Houston? That's that's my thing. Is is he wanting to go to Philly and is he just basically trying to wreck this season, kind of like what he did with Houston? Because the other night, he had four points. I think it was Thursday night. He had four points. He's like one of one of but 11? Unless he's truly injured. That's the problem. Or two of 11? The problem is because of what he did in Houston, now people are always going to question, mm-hmm. are you really injured or are you pulling it a fast one? Yeah, and is, if it's a hammy, he had that last year, and that didn't work out very well at the end of the season. And then the playoffs, I think he made it, what, to the second round? And, like, what, played five minutes and then got injured against the Bucks in the second round? Think that's I think that's accurate that he was at like five minutes in the second round. I don't think I think he made it through the first. I think Kyrie got injured in the first round, and then he made it to the second and got injured like that first game versus the Bucks. Yeah, I do think he his injury was after Kyrie's. I don't remember exactly when, but I do think it was after Kyrie's. Uh, also, I mean, the thing is, again, because of his history, it's hard to say if he's telling the truth or not. Um, but but. Harden plays a very physical bas- type basketball. So for him to be someone to have injuries like that repeat themselves does not surprise me. It's he also needs to lose like 20 pounds. He came into camp overweight and he needs to lose that 20 pounds. Yeah, where which he can. We know yeah, he can. He did. Because... He did that when he let himself get out of shape in Houston, and he very quickly got back in shape when he first was traded. So, do you remember the picture I sent you of of like? And I'm not I'm not trying to like make fun of everything, but like he went out of the situation so bad he was like fat Harden. That one picture I sent you for when he played for Houston. Fat Harden, if you want to call it that, was still probably one of the top ten players in the NBA at no, that point. Well, not not when he was with Houston. He was just doing nothing. He was just dogging it, basically. Well, right. So he got to but the Nets, he, and then he went to the Nets and, and played better and got in shape and everything. Right. He just wasn't playing up to his potential. If he had been playing hard, even overweight and out of shape, he still would have is one of the top, you know? I mean... I, I, I like it for Philly. I mean, they definitely need something else. Uh, I didn't watch the game today. I don't know how closely you watched or anything, but I know they did pull a win over the Bulls. Embiid's been it amazing was a close, this year. Yeah, Embiid, Embiid will very likely win the MVP because he's playing incredible, and I don't think they want to give it to Jokic two years in a row, who had another triple-double tonight, I think. I didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure I saw that he had another triple-double. Uh, but yeah, especially Philly, the way they're playing without. Right. It's basically Embiid is their main star. I I had the game on, and it and I didn't get to watch it super close. But, yeah, like the uh, the Bulls, 
were kept it close most of the game. Uh, but I think 76ers led almost, if not the whole game. But a lot of times it was within like two or three shots. Like the Bulls je- definitely gave them um, the money's worth, but but the 76ers were were still like the dominant team overall. It reminds me of like old school NBA of like say ni- late 90s and early aughts where you could literally have one player and that player just makes your entire team because what he's doing right now is carrying the team on his back. Like the second best player for Philly right now, and I'm being serious, is what, Seth Curry? Yep. And I'm not dogging South yeah, Curry, probably. but like if he's your second best player. Right. right. But also, and I mean, this is no fault of Embiid's. If he wasn't playing so insane, um, I think some of, I think they still would be doing all right. Maybe not quite as good, but I think they would still be doing all right. Cause I think some of the other players can step up more. Um, but he's just doing so much. They almost don't have, to, you know, like they're almost not putting a position to do it. You know, like let's let Embiid get hurt for two or three games and see what those guys do when they have to like fill in for him. Oh yeah. Then take up. The- that would be more of like a disaster. Um, but yeah, if they get Harden, that's, that's pretty good because you have Embiid playing <laughs> oh out of his gosh. mind. You would have Harden, you would have, like, on the, I'm thinking like the perimeter, you have Harden and you would have Curry. Uh, you'd maybe have uh, Tobias Harris, who's not great, but like if he's your third or fourth option, I don't like it paying him that much for a third or fourth option because he's making like max money. But if they have him and can't get rid of him before the deadline or something, then I don't, I, I like them and I think they might be the favorites then. In the East, if Harden is like 100% and not like injured, I want to play my way out of town, Harden. If Harden wants to be there, he and Embiid could be a very dangerous force. I would see Embiid's points going down, but that's not necessarily, but it wouldn't be like a bad thing. It would be because Harden would be making up some of that difference. And just think what like, the two because Embiid's not a bad passer himself. So just think what the two of them could do playing off of each other, then add mixing in with someone like Curry and all. I mean, yeah, that could be very, no. <laughs> very dominant. And the Sixers, when he wants to, Harden's a defender. He just has to decide. It's just sometimes he's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna bother defending. <laughs> but when he when he wants to, he can play defense. And the 76ers could get a little better on defense. Even if not, Fiebel's pretty good. Maxi's pretty good. And they're getting – so, like, you have already that backcourt help. So, even if you didn't say – if you had potentially like your lineup, let's say you had – you're trying to hide Harden on one of the weaker defenders. And, and you, know, you might want to hide Curry, too, because they're both not really good defenders. But you have – if you have both of them in your lineup, you could put Fiebel or Maxi in. And then you could have Tobias Harris um, playing like the four, and then Embiid, of course, the five, and that's pretty good. Especially if if you know you're able to like get double teams on Embiid or Harden, then one of those guys is going to be open, and I like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I do. I think it would be good. Does Harden necessarily really want to be a seventy sixer though? 
I think he does. I know he has a good relationship with Daryl Morey. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not saying like yes. I know. It's not like I'm, I'm friends with right. Harden or have insides. But like that's that's one of the things that people have been saying. Because when he wanted out of Houston, Daryl Murray was in favor of like, okay, you want to go? Let's get let's get you out. You know, not even as much of like, oh, you don't want to be here? Well, screw you. But more of like, all right, let's let's do something to make everyone happy. And the Rockets were not trading him to the Sixers because because of the Daryl Morey thing. Like they weren't trading him. It's not like. They would have like because they probably get they definitely got would have got a better offer than what they got for or what got from Brooklyn, but they just weren't trading him to the six because they could have got Ben Simmons, they could have got a couple, other, they probably could have got Maxi Worth Bible um, as well as draft capital and, and pick swaps. At the time, people thought. I mean, I think Simmons at the time was happy and in, in Philly. Yeah, because that's before know, like, the season started last year. That's before everything went down, so he didn't want to leave at that point. Any, um, real quick, let's double back to the Pacers. So with this trade today, I think it signals that the Pacers, even though they're already bad, I think they're definitely going to move one or both of Sabonis and uh, Miles Turner. I think they're going to move definitely Turner. I think if they can find a suitor, uh, if nothing else, I think they move Sabonis. Could they could get a really nice haul for Sabonis? So I think they definitely. Sabonis is still good. I mean, Sabonis is good. He's young. He's good. People will want him. Oh yeah, I I just don't know who's going to trade for him. Um, I wonder if like I don't know for sure, but like, what if the Hawks do it or something? Like they have so many good players, they almost have too many. And what if they combine those players and they try to make a make a move for Sabonis and maybe trade a two for one, three for one? And yeah, they showed up their bench a little bit, but then they get Sabonis, who I think would maybe fit in their system pretty well. He's not like a great defender, but he's he's a really smart player. He's a great passer. Who needs a big guy offensively? Uh, I mean, a lot of teams could use him. Yeah. Um, the Mavericks. I think of like, <laughs> Ma- yeah, Mavericks, but like. No, they're, they're getting better. We can talk about them more later too, but. They're doing better. I, I, Brunson's going to be a big thing for them. Like, do they, because yeah. they can offer him, I think, four for 45 or something like that at the end of the year. And other teams can offer like four for 80. So. Yeah. But I mean, we got, we'll talk about them more. So staying on what you were saying. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Sabonis going somewhere would be good. I, I mean, it sounds like the pace, it sounds like they're just, they just need to completely rebuild. Yeah. And I think. And they're going to have to get rid already of so good close people. to the bottom. They're already so close to the bottom, like it just makes sense. They've been trying to move Turner for like at least two or three years. Right. And Sabonis, they could get a nice haul. They could get another player that's younger. I mean, not that Sabonis is all by means, and they could definitely get draft capital. So if that's what they want, they could do something like that. So I, I, w- I would imagine right. they move him if they're really trying to tank, or maybe they try to get Turner, head towards the bottom, maybe come up with like a top three pick this year. I think it's – a weaker draft this year though i think i don't i mean i know um right now it's like a there's like a there's three names i'm hearing and it's jabari smith from auburn chet holmgram from gonzaga and uh pablo apollo banchero uh from duke and that's that's it so then you get the top three yeah i've been really bad with college this year i usually follow it a little bit better before march madness but i've really struggled keeping up with college this year Man, my team's just like 
just oh, it's awful. Like the WVU has lost like I think seven of eight games or something. It's been terrible. They lost again on Saturday, and it's to Texas Tech. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, it's just if they don't do something, they're going to end up in like the NIT or some kind of like other tournament, and it's going to suck. But you know the you know it used to back in the day the NIT was the main tournament. Yeah, we uh, we might make the we won the NIT at some point within the last say like five years or so, and then a couple years ago, I think two seasons or three seasons ago, we made this like. There's another tournament that's below the NIT. We made it. Right. <laughs> so well, Florida beat Ole Miss on Saturday. That was a good game. It went into overtime, and Florida ended up winning by five. Oh, nice. And they came back because at first Ole Miss was seeming, seeming to be in control of the game, and Florida made the comeback. I, I honestly uh, – I know that I should have – I really need to watch Jabari Parker. Uh, sorry. Jabari Smith, rather, from Auburn. I've not watched him play yet this year, and I feel like I really need to because the hype – well, one, Auburn's won right now, and uh, did give them a look, just kind of get a feel for them heading into the tournament, and then, of course, send me a draft. Yeah, they're good. Sort of random team in the SEC because, like, most SEC teams other than Kentucky aren't very good in the tournament. I think one year – That's true. Alabama or something popped up there. Yeah, but right. That was, and I mean, that was about Auburn- it. Obviously, in the earlier aughts, Florida was a was a, a dominant force, but they haven't been in a while. Yeah, they were great. They had Noah. They had Corey Brewer. Um, Dude, they, they won the national title two years in a row. Back, yeah, back to back. That's when uh, I believe Donovan was their head coach. Yep, Donovan. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that Donovan is doing good with Chicago because I think he's a good team. I mean, good coach, and I think he's an NBA caliber coach. But my goodness. He, I mean, when he got hired by Oklahoma City, he didn't. I don't think he knew the mess he was <laughs> signing up for. And he did well. Like even that year after they traded everybody and they got Chris Paul, and you're thinking, okay, they're just going to be bad this year. They were actually really good and made the playoffs. Right. Yeah, considering what they had, they didn't do that bad. But and then look what he did. He went to the Bulls, and the Bulls are. I honestly didn't think they'd do this good. I thought they'd make maybe play around like the eight seed, and they have been much, much better than I anticipated this year. They made moves, dude. They made big moves that people saw as risks, and I don't know. I, it's obviously paying off, but I'm happy for them. What else did I – oh, I know that uh, you mentioned them earlier, so let's we can double back to it. Uh, the Lakers, I still don't think they have anything figured out. Um, LeBron, I guess, played pretty well they, last night, but – Again, he did, and I'm not, AD, right now AD is doing all right. Um, Westbrook got benched for the like, so I fell asleep. I was watching the game and I fell asleep before it was over, so I missed Westbrook being benched. But if he comes to a place where he's okay, where like pride aside. And he's just doing his best. And if he's not playing well, he's okay with being sat down. Then, then all right, you know. I mean, Carmelo is hurt right now and such. So, but despite all that, and I said it to you last night before I fell asleep, uh, or I think it was before I fell asleep. Anyways, the Lakers are starting to gel. The problem is, it's like. 
late in the third quarter before they really start to gel. So if they're playing against, like, I mean, they were playing the Knicks, and the Knicks aren't very good this year, but or at least they're not playing very good. But if they're so if they're against a really good team and they're not gelling until like the third quarter, they're in trouble. But if they can get better at that before it's too late in the season and start gelling, you know, to, the way you want to be, where you go into the game gelling as a team, playing well together then they got something we're just gonna have to see what happens but i don't think we can fully count him out especially if ad is healthy and playing like he's playing right now he's just i mean he's had a history of not being consistent so we don't know or or getting injured and so i wouldn't bank on it is the only thing but Thursday is the trade deadline so i don't know if they'll make any moves i don't think they really have any moves to make who are they gonna? Um, I mean, who are they gonna get rid of that somebody really wants? The only player that they're trying to get rid of, and they're not trying to actively get rid of him, but maybe ones like that people would actually want to trade for is maybe Taylor Horton Tucker. But he's not that good. Where people are like, "Oh yeah, I want Taylor Horton Tucker." No. So, like, what 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 big are they gonna get? I don't even. I they I, they need shooting right now. They need like a, a yes. guard of some kind that can shoot. That's what they've needed all season. Is a Again, good I would have instead of making the Russell Russell Westbrook trade, I would have tried to get Buddy Hield and uh, forget the other player they're going to get. Maybe Barnes. There's like two players they were going to maybe get from the Kings earlier in the season, like in the off season rather, and uh, they instead traded for Russell Westbrook, who can't shoot and who you have to keep on the bench like the last couple minutes. He's gotten his shooting <laughs> so has gotten bad. worse. <laughs> He just needs to distribute the ball and well. Drive. Just drive. He just needs to drive. And drive. He can't shoot, and he's right. trying to shoot, and he can't. He just has to drive. And he's making – he 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 turns over the ball so much because he's not distributing it well. The, the, like, he's trying to get other people involved. I don't – like, I used to think Russell Westbrook was a selfish player, a ball hog type player. I did. I know even when he had high assists, he also had tons of crazy high like shot attempts. Like I, when he was at OKC, I felt like he was one of the most damaging thing to them being successful. Cause I felt like he just tried to take too much control and was almost like a black hole. I do not think that's a problem, but, He's not passing the ball well, so he's turn. So his turnovers are so high, and that's never good. I think they win the next game they play because I did look ahead at their schedule, and they're playing the Blazers on Wednesday as their next game, and that's probably going to be a win because Portland is just Portland's not good, and they're trading. Right. I mean, they made a they trade. Don't have Dame. Oh no, he's injured. Uh, I right. They may try to do something with CJ McCollum before the deadline. I don't know if they have suitors, but they may try. Um, did you see the trade they made on, I think, Thursday of this week? I did not. I knew that there was, a, I knew that stuff was going down, but I don't remember any details. It was like a joke trade, really. They traded Norman Powell. They just basically got under, got rid of him for money, uh, but they traded Norman Powell. Robert Covington, 
and they got back like oh man like Keon Johnson maybe and a second round pick it was like they got nothing in that trade they just basically gave away those guys right but where did Norman Powell go Clippers yeah and like I'm watching this game right now and the Clippers are losing right now 21 by 21 points it's 125 to 104 but they've been talking about Norman Powell and he's actually um at least before we started the podcast because obviously I we since we started talking, I haven't been paying as much attention. The game's almost over, but Norman Powell went in like the first half. They were talking about how he's not doing that bad for the Clippers. He has twenty eight points off the bench, right? I just looked. I just pulled up the uh, the Against stat line. Like the Bucks. Yeah, so that's not too shabby. I mean, I th- I think it's a move because he signed he signed a long term deal in the off season. So I think it's a move for the future because Kawhi is not – I don't think Kawhi is coming back this year. Paul George probably isn't coming back this year. But next year, you could have – that's that's some pretty good firepower right there. You have you would have – I don't uh, know if Norman Kawhi Powell. is coming back to the Clippers. No, he uh, – I think he – well, I think he could it's opt Kawhi. out. But I would be I would be shocked if he leaves. I mean, I'm not saying he, he will leave or stay. Because no one knows what he's going to do other than no Kawhi one, and maybe his uncle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't but, ever really know with Kawhi. I, I would imagine – I know Paul George is signed, so they would have him – if they if potentially, hypothetically, they'd have him, Paul George, Norm Powell, like your two-guard spot. Um, if they still had uh, Reggie Jackson, he looked really good in the playoffs last year. He's looking good still this year. And then those are pretty good defend. Like Those are pretty good – like decent like players like that can play you some defense as well like I, I like that a lot actually I like the that four those four players right there and then you have maybe um like Covington maybe playing a little center or Batum something like that I think they can make that work I, I think it's pretty decent but they're definitely not going to do much this year I mean other than maybe getting the qualify the play in tournament or whatever they're not going to like make any noise because you know they're just I don't too think injured. so either unless somehow George, Paul George did come back it's just, just like the West know. is so – oh, yeah, and, and the West right now is just so bad. I mean, I'm pulling up the the um, the standings right now. Really, the only thing up for grabs is like the 10th spot because I would imagine Minnesota ha- – I, I imagine Minnesota is going to be in the play-in tournament or something like that. Like they're going to be in there. Um, Clippers, I think, are going to be around, like in play-in tournament. Lakers are going to be there and then either – to one of the teams. I don't know if it's going to be Seattle, uh, Sacramento, San Antonio, Portland. New Orleans has it right now, which is weird, but someone's going to be in that 10th spot. I just don't know who it is. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, the Suns are playing good. I really I really oh. think it's right now, I think the Jazz are out with that Ingles injury. I like Memphis, Golden State, and Phoenix. I think best out of the West. One of those teams, I think. I think Grizzlies can do it this year. I don't think they will. I just think they can do it because they have the talent. I would. I just think they're so to, new to the playoffs that I don't know if they will do it. Right to go far is still probably a long shot, but the Mavs, after being, I think it was December when they were fifty, they were only like five hundred. The Mavs have won. I, I heard the stat today. I think they're fourteen and four since they were five hundred in December. 
So like they, they've been playing a lot better. For they sure. have been playing a lot better, even with Hardaway getting hurt and probably being done for the season. Because Bullock, let's go ahead and talk about the Mavs because we're on it. Uh, Bullock really is starting to step up. He's also got the craziest looking hair, but looks cool. Um, he's really stepping up. He was really good this game and the last game I watched before today from them. Um, obviously, you got Luca, who Luca didn't even play great today, and he had another triple double. But points wise, he didn't. He wasn't like he usually is. He had like thirty something the la- the game before that I watched this week, and had another triple double. He is only twenty two years old and has the second most triple double games in NBA history. Now. He's way below um, first spot, but he's still number two in the NBA, and he's only 22 years old. And it's not like he's going to run out of breath soon. Now, he may have injuries, but he plays so slow anyway. (laughs) It's You know, I mean, like, I mean, he may be hustling, but he's just for NBA standards. He moves slow. But he's so good at what he does that he's still hard to defend. And he's a great passer as well. And uh, But Bullock's looking good. You already mentioned Brunson earlier. Uh, they got him at least the rest of the season. And he yeah. is really stepping up. And Porzingis is hurt. And that, I think, is a positive for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean tonight tonight they played really well. Um the last game they played really well, but yeah, I mean I they're they're really they're they're showing their upside and it's not even the all-star break yet. So we're gonna have to wait and see, but they got a good shot of really if they continue the trend they're on, they got a good shot of really doing something uh in the playoffs this year. We'll see. Uh, I think they can definitely, especially with Luca. I I still think they can at least make it to the second round if nothing else. Um, just kind of depending on the matchup and everything, who they would play. Uh, wouldn't be they didn't have, I wouldn't like right. them against any of the top three teams right now, uh, which are Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis. I wouldn't like them against those teams. So if they can avoid either of those, I think it would be okay. Um. I was going to mention Phoenix you... would be hardest, I think, right now. Um, because I th- they, because I think I feel like they could slow down the Warriors to have a decent shot. Memphis, it's all going to be about really what Morant creates for himself and his players, but um, but I feel like the the scariest. Would be if they had it would be them having to go against uh, the Suns right now. Just that would not be a good matchup, I don't think, for them. But we'll. See. You had a uh, Jags rant. You want me to remind you of? So I wrote it down. Yeah. Well, before we get to that, I can rant. Okay. I, uh, how about I, I got another rant? The refs. And the NBA have been crazy this year. It's been nuts. It's just like like today, 
by very early in the third quarter, Luca had five fouls. And at least one of them was like such a horrible, like, are you serious? Like, which then he got teched for because he complained about it. But it's like, really? Are you kidding me? Like, it was it was ridiculous. Brunson got five fouls before the third quarter was over. Uh, I mean, and like, I don't know. It's just been weird. A few weeks ago, you had, I forget what team it was, but you had the coach that literally like, reached from the bench and deflected a pass that ended up that the refs ended up calling like out of bounds against the other team. So the team whose assistant coach reached his arm out and deflected a pass, that team ended up getting the ball because the refs called out of bounds on the team that was on offense that was passing the ball. Like, how do you do that? Then, like the other day, you had where a pl- uh, just this week, I forget what game it was. I know I talked to you about it when it was happening. Unfortunately, my mind's going blank as to who it was in a moment. A player was on the bench and reached out and touched the guy shooting a three pointer, and the refs blew the whistle. And it should have been like bench interference, like interference or a technical foul really, or something. Instead, they just called it a regular shooting foul and gave the guy three shots from the free throw line. It's like, what, what are you thinking? And this was the, this that Cavs game. And this was all within like the last five minutes of the game that like, the refs just imploded. Like they didn't know what they were doing. Like, you and I disagreed on the love foul, but I still say, yeah, I, I... it was a foul. But he was not shooting the ball. His back was to the basket. Let me clarify. I still think it's a shooting foul because his if you feet watch it real were... time, he's – you got to think about the situation as well because the, at that time when the ball was coming off the rim, off the missed shot, like there's two seconds. So he's going to put it up because you know you have to get a shot. So it's not like he's going to try to kick it out with like two seconds or whatever was left. But he had not had it. He had not even left the ground. He was not in the act of shooting. He had not turned towards the basket. He, or I mean, like the dude defended him on the guy fouled him before he took before he started a shooting motion. He was in the air though. I'm pretty sure he was. He in the was air. not. If memory serves, no, he, he wasn't in the air, like turning. Now he wasn't like shooting, nope, but he was, it was in before, the air. It was before. His feet left the ground before he took to the air to turn around and shoot. It was before. Also, it was only like two seconds left in the game. Don't call that that close. Here's what I think actually happened, and I'm not the only person that thinks this. They called a foul, and the refs were not paying attention. So what they did, so they called a foul and just assumed, oh, well, there's only like two seconds left in the game. Obviously, they're in the bonus, and they weren't. So I think they called a foul and immediately put him to the free throw line thinking it was because of just how late in the game it was. Oh, they must be in the bonus. He gets two shots. This is going to decide the game. Oh, wait, there's not a bonus. Why didn't we know that? Because you're not doing your job. Oh, well, no, it was in the act of shooting. Let's let him shoot anyway. We've already put him on the line. Well, they uh, they reviewed it, and how about the call from the the coach of uh, I don't know who the coach is of Charlotte, so pardon, but uh, their coach was like, "I'm going to challenge it." Uh, they just reviewed it. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're going to like go back against what they just reviewed. So that was kind of 
Right. No, I agree. But like, it was that thing of, I just don't think the the ref. I don't think I think the refs doubled down on their mistake. That's what they did. Because the last five minutes of that game were chaotic anyway. There was all kinds of – I can't remember everything that happened, but it was all kinds of stuff where it was like – I remember like one of the things where the announcers were like, "The N- tomorrow the NBA is going to have to send out a, an apology for the ref's mistake on this one. Must have been the home crowd, like the Hornets game announcers. It was just <laughs> – and then tonight, like some of that stuff, it was just like, I don't know. I mean, the Mavs still won tonight, but it was, it was just the just this season. There's been so much craziness. The fact that an assistant coach literally deflected a pass that the offensive team made, and they called it, and the refs called it out of bounds on the offense because the pass went out of bounds didn't do anything about the fact that a ref on the bench interfered a coach. I meant to say, sorry. It's just been, it's crazy this year. It's just, I don't know if that all the refs just are new or forgot the rules or what. It's like they're not paying attention that their minds are not in the game that they're calling. I don't know. I don't know. I, I it's bad. It's bad. Rant rant over. Well no, because you gotta do this Jags rant. Oh wait. Well, that the ref's rant is over. But I'm watching NBA uh game time after the game's over and there's a little ticker and it's saying um Steve Nash says Nets are not trading James Harden and then obviously that's what he's saying, but it also said James Harden to test free agency in the off season. So maybe what the rumors are is that he's just going to wait this season out. Let me tell you, if I am the Nets and he wants to test free agency, I'm moving him because now. I want something for him, not right. just to have him walk. Cause he's going to walk. I mean, oh, I yeah. think he really wants to go to Philly and I think he's trying to play his way. I think he's, I think he's frustrated. Cause like, the whole Kyrie thing has to be frustrating just in general. Oh, yeah, of course it's We're frustrating. We're fans and we get frustrated and now, and with then, him, let alone a teammate. <laughs> and I think Durant's let him down. I mean, he wanted to go. Well, drink it. Yeah, but I just also think the way Durant, because it's like, it's like something I saw. I don't, do you remember? We talked about it the other day in um, on, online one of the announcers, it may have been Stephen A. Smith, but somebody made a comment about there was a player, I forget what team they were on, sorry, but there was a player in the NBA that had not was not meeting the NBA like vaccination standards. Uh, you're talking about Andrew Wiggins. Yes, Wiggins, who now is going to the All-Star game. So he was he was not by NBA standards he was choosing basically, you know, he was choosing to not be vaccinated. His player, his teammates helped him change his mind. They did. Where, You're at one where, is, where is Durant in a leadership role to try and change his supposedly really good friend Kyrie Irving's mind and behavior and all this? I, I don't know. I think Kyrie's just a different guy, though. 
Wiggins, I think you can talk maybe. to Wiggins and maybe you could talk some say sense into him. Kyrie's just his own dude and he's going to do what he yeah. wants to do, I think. I, but like, I, I wonder if Durant, if Harden is like, really? I came here for you two guys and then this is what y'all do? Yeah. Where, where is I, Durant? Well, I, think- I, I just feel like Durant is an amazing player, obviously. So he can lead on the court as in carrying a team and doing really well. But where is that leadership of like, what's best for the team? Let's play as a team. Let's, you know, like, where's that? I mean, even if he tried talking to Kyrie, that still doesn't mean Kyrie's going to do anything. Right. I know. Um, but if anyone should have influence on him, you would think it would be KD. You would think it would also be Harden. And maybe Harden has tried. Maybe one of now we're completely speculating. We don't, I don't know. But I wonder if that's one of the reasons he's frustrated because maybe he tried talking to Kyrie and Kyrie's just like, I don't care. Or, or whatever. Like, obviously, it hasn't worked. Regardless, I feel like Harden, I feel like Harden has to feel like I came here for you two guys and this is what you give me. What about on this? paper? On paper, they should be super dominant. So I just wonder if he's like, this is what I came here for? Really? Well, they looked at last year in the playoffs. They they, they destroyed the Celtics in the first round. And then they looked really good against yeah. Milwaukee, even with Harden and Kyrie missing. Like, they still had a good team. They just, like Griffin's regressed this year. Um, they don't have, like, a good, like, a person that can play center for them at all. Um, Joe Harris is now injured, so he he's not even great by any means, but he's injured, so it's like there goes some right. offense. Kyrie What's can play crazy, away games only. It's just been a disaster yeah, for them. It really has. Uh, what's crazy is, I mean, granted, he's too good of a player everywhere else t- to try and limit him to this, but with his size, KD could be their center. I mean, you could play him at the five. I don't know how much I like it because then you still need someone at the four. I'd right. rather, have- and obviously, he's too good to be limited to that role. I'm just saying, in a pinch, hey, we need we need someone to just dominate in the post like a center. He can step in and do it. I mean, he's a skinny looking dude, but he is stronger than he looks. And he's so tall, but obviously, again, you don't want to limit him to that. I um, I don't know how much I like now. If they traded for Simmons, yeah, I, I you could probably put Simmons at the five a little bit or or so, and then um, Katie, maybe obviously you'd have Harden traded, so you'd have probably Kyrie playing on or off ball. Uh, maybe Patty. But Mills. what do you do at home games? What do you do home games? When Kyrie can't play, then you're back to just KD as your offense. Yeah. Yeah. You're Unless not, uh, Ben Simmons the, has really I, been putting in the work in the offseason. Or, yeah, you know, his offseason. Right. <laughs> I mean, no matter how good KD is, they're going to play. They're going to have home games against teams that just KD It's not enough offense. Can you imagine just giving like eighteen million dollars to your salary up because you're like, eh, that's that's wild. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to hear this Jags rant. I'm kind of curious what it's about. Um, didn't you guys hire a coach this week? Yeah, Doug Peterson is going to be our coach. It should have been, though, I'm hoping Peterson does great. I'm not saying he won't. He could be really good, hopefully, for Lawrence, you know, and some people have said they think he will be. But Byron Leftwich also would have been good for Lawrence. Byron Leftwich, who played quarterback for the Jags, who has history with the Jags. But here's the deal. So the last few weeks, a lot of people in Jags uh, fandom have been making lots of memes and lots of tweets for Trent Balky to be fired from the JAG office. And they've like, they call him a clown. So there's all these tweets with like clown faces saying fire Balky, yada, yada. Um, it's not, it looks like it's not happening. Um, then on top of that, Leftwich, Byron Leftwich literally. Um, public. I think it. I think he made it public, or, or it's a very well-backed rumor. But I think he actually said it publicly that he withdrew his name from uh, the coaching options because he didn't want to work with that Trent Balky, which just makes yeah. it worse. You know, like here's someone that probably would have that definitely deserves to be a head coach during a time right now where the NFL really needs to get over their race systemic racism and hire some of these black head coaches that deserve to be hired. And it would be hiring someone of your alma mater, one of your former players who is the one calling, yes, he has, he he had Tom Brady and such, but still, he was also the one calling the plays. Like, Leftwich has earned the right to be a head coach somewhere. And it just makes sense. I, that all the fans are screaming for the Jags to get rid of in the office, is the reason Leftwich was like, I don't want to come. Nope, I do not want to <laughs> work with him. I mean, and, I can't blame but, him because Jacksonville's been such a sinkhole lately. Though. Right. Well, here's the thing. I'm starting to think that these fans don't really want Balky fired because they're. It's almost like, all right, all right, Jags, Jaguar fans, you y'all enjoy this drama and your social media syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, it's like they enjoy complaining. And making memes and tweets about Balky so much, I don't think they really want him gone. I'm gonna get annoyed by it. <laughs> like I, I'm starting to think they enjoy having him to complain about more than they really want him fired. That could be the the, the case. Um, Leftwich was very good in Jacksonville when he was their quarterback. He was he was a very competent quarterback. He was a backup then for the Steelers, so. Always right. uh, appreciate when he would come in the game as a backup. I actually think um, he's a better coach than he was an NFL quarterback. Uh, I don't know. He did all right. I mean, he did okay. Um, he went to Marshall, so he went to he played West Virginia yeah. for a while. Yeah, and I, well, I'm just saying, I do think he's a very good coach. He's going to end up a head coach somewhere, and <laughs> I think he'll do very well.
Well, for sure. Um, uh, what I saw is the Dolphins have hired the 49ers offensive coordinator as their head coach today. Did not see that. I haven't seen anything NFL today. Um, so, I mean, obviously the 49ers have done well this year. I like it. So. Um, I think it's a good decision. Uh, yeah. His name is Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Um, right. Yeah. He's done great at press conferences. I think he's going to be, it's just, they don't have, they don't have anyone to play right now. Um, Hopefully I'm going to be curious to see how he uses Waddle. I think he can use Waddle a lot. And I think they really only use him on short passes this year, but then again, they're kind of limited by Tua. So it'd be kind of interesting to see how he uses one Tua and uh, Waddle. I think that'll be interesting. And maybe they can make, I don't know, like they really don't have um, backs to blow you away in in San Francisco. So maybe they can do something with what they have on the team there in Miami. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look what he did with the running backs that they had. So he could do something. I mean, I don't know if Waddle's a Debo Samuel, but he can come up, he can figure something out. I, yeah, not a Debo, but maybe he's more of like a Tyreek Hill or just like down the Right. I hope that all the Brian Flores stuff doesn't create so much turmoil in Miami that the drama takes away from what he – like makes it hard for him to accomplish something because I do think he's a good coach. Granted, they never should have fired Brian Flores, and um, unless something really goes sideways – I'm pretty sure everything Brian Flores is saying is honest and accurate and um, it could look really bad for Miami is what I'm getting at. So hopefully um, that doesn't hurt him coming in as the head coach. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, I only have one other thing I want to mention, like we're on the sports side and uh, we're in Olympics and I've actually watched some Olympics already. So real quick. Just real quick, I just saw. Did you know that Rondo went to the Cavs? Lakers traded him for not much. <laughs> I knew that was. I thought that was happening. I thought it already happened a while back, though. Yeah, that was about a month ago or so. I would say. Okay, that's what I thought. I was just confused because it's it showed it just now as though it was recent. So that can. I guess I was just confused. Sorry. Um, but anyways, the the Lakers are just. Ugh. But. Um. Yeah. Sorry. I'll, anyways, think about the, yeah, the yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I sorry. watched. Uh, in your phone. <laughs> I watched some snowboarding from the women last night. Ah, yeah. I watched some snowboarding too, and some ski jumping. Zoe from uh, New Zealand was really, really good. <laughs> like she was phenomenal her run was really good she had like the last run yeah um and then who's that one like i think it's like jamie somebody or something that's older that's really good yeah she didn't she got like seventh or eighth i think she ended up not yeah, it was, doing it was super surprising well on it. She's, yeah it was a, it was surprising because she she had won gold the previous two times right and it's been so. three times in a row but it was it was really entertaining um there was, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to forget the names unless I'd have to look it up, but like America yes. was going to win gold. Um, 
because we had that lock until Zoe went down, and Zoe just crushed it with like her her run was really really good, and I was like, yeah, she's gonna probably win now. But it was uh it was it was a lot of fun. Like I uh, really enjoyed that. Um, watched uh, while I was making coffee today, a little bit of curling. <laughs> I can't watch curling. I mean, I've tried. It's just, uh, it's just so not entertaining to me. Uh, I can watch some. I tell you what, I can watch is some bobsledding. I haven't seen any yet this year. I haven't yet, but that's fun. Agreed, though it is fun I to watch, watch that for sure. sure. There was yesterday when I was at work, I just turned it on on my iPad, and but it was like the biathlon or whatever was going on, and it was like. I don't know. I don't in those super long, like drawn outs. I just don't really entertain. They're not as entertaining to me. That's the one where they like um, ski across country, basically, right? Yeah, and I think they have to like stop and like shoot at certain points and stuff. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just that type of thing doesn't entertain me as much. I haven't seen it yet, but I can watch some figure skating. My least favorites because I, I don't know other than like if someone falls, <laughs> it's, I'm very like on the job. Like I don't know the moves that well, right? So it's like if they do like some kind of like crazy jump or something, I'm like okay, that was really good. That's probably gonna get them some scores. But I I kind of the judging stuff is always very difficult. Like even snowboarding, when I watch it, like I still don't know. You can judge. You can see some of the stuff and like okay, they landed, they didn't fall, they had a really good job of keeping right. their balance and everything, but. I don't know. Yeah, kind of I saw some like three sixties and all kinds of crazy stuff. The little bit of snowboarding I got to see, it was like, holy cow! It's just I don't know how these people pull this stuff off. The same thing with like the ski jump. Like, it's like how the how do you not just die? Like, how do you land on those two long flat pole? I mean, it's just it's incredible the talent because I mean they they're flying. It's insane. It's it's incredible. I think I really think it is. We switch over to side B. I feel like we should mention, um, you know, there's something kind of sort of important coming up. Uh, but before that, uh, the USA men's national team. I mentioned last week how they weren't looking too hot. Um, they won their last game three nil. They looked a lot better. They came out with a lot of energy and a lot of push from the beginning of the game. It was a, so they just had a much better showing like uh, than they had been uh, the previous world cup qualifiers. And like they need to do well now if they're going to make the world cup, like they're on track, they are on track to make the world cup, but they, they can't really have any falters. They need to, they need to do well. They need to stick with it. And they didn't even have like one of the top players in the all of soccer or football. Yeah. And even come in until the second half, you know, but they, it was, it was a win that they needed. And not only that, but played much better. They played dominant and that's really, that's important. They've also been playing in insane weather, like, five degrees and three degrees it's been nuts so i mean i just i don't know how you play something like soccer and that cold because like if the ball hits you wrong or like you bang each other all the time shins are getting banged up knees are colliding 
like someone goes for a header, someone else goes to kick and like you bang heads or something in cold weather. Think how much that has to hurt. Definitely. Yes. Cause I know that just from my hands, like when they get cold, you hit it on something. It's like, ah, it's that right. extra hurt. Yeah. So, I mean like when you're literally playing and I'm not even exaggerating, like single digit, that is cold. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. But it was Honduras that they beat, uh, which they're not a super spectacular team, but still, it was a really good showing, really well needed. But um, so they got a shot. They got to keep play. They got to they got to carry this momentum from that game and do it against better teams. Come out with that kind of intensity and also, hopefully, hopefully it's good signs moving forward for them. Uh, but yeah, now thing coming up obviously i'm talking about the super bowl you're talking about nba all-star weekend i'm joking (laughs) well that's soon too but the super bowl we got two teams that i like i will be very happy with either of these teams winning (laughs) rooting more for the rams but like if cincinnati wins uh like gonna be like vehemently against it or anything because their fans probably have suffered long enough um, they're just in the same division yeah. as the team I like, so I don't think I can actively say root for them. But I'm hoping one it's a good game. Um, and like I said, if they win, I'm not gonna be like, oh man, damn Bengals won. Like, right. it's fine. It's not like yeah, above all, yeah, <laughs> above all, I just hope it's a really good game, and I think it has the potential to be. I mean, I think, I think more than anything, it's gonna be. Drew Burrow. Sorry, who? Drew, sorry. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I think it's going to be Joe Burrow versus Aaron Donald. I think that's what it's going to come down to. <laughs> it's, it's, or maybe Aaron Donald and Von Miller, but definitely Aaron Donald. I think it's going to come down to that. Um, defense versus the offense, the Bengals. I still, I still think it's going to be like a 31-24, 34-24 kind of game. So entertaining, some good defense um, from L.A., some okay defense maybe from the Bengals is kind of what I'm thinking. But uh, I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, I've already planning out my menu, got some snacks already to go. <laughs> really looking forward to that aspect of it as well. Hopefully some good commercials and uh, hopefully, hopefully some pretty good, good too. I'm hoping – that uh, it actually pans out really well. I'm not a big Eminem fan, uh, but yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to see how it all kind of fits yeah. together. And- so you're, but so do you? Do you? Are you picking the Rams, or are you just more? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking the. I think the Rams will win at the end of the day because I think they have a little bit better of a defense. Um, right. I think it's still yeah. going to be close. I, I, I really, I really do. Um, yeah, I think, but I think they, I, I think they have, right. I think they have a little bit, because it's not like if they're playing a team that would be on like Seattle or something, like more people would travel, I think, for the game. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe more Cincinnati people will travel because their team's never in it, and they want to. I think a it, lot of Cincinnati but, will travel for that reason, but also it's super expensive. It's not easy to get in, uh, get a ticket. No, to this. it's it's really pricey, but. Um, I think more well, LA is going to have a lot of fans. I mean, especially being in LA as well. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's basically 
a home game for them. I mean, what better than to play the Super Bowl in your own, you know, at home? I mean, we saw it last year with the Bucks. I mean, it's, I mean, that's what more could you ask for? But going to, but mm-hmm. I mean, so I think that also gives them an edge. I think so too, for sure. Um, I don't have any other sports things, but this is yeah. kind of like as we transition over, uh, I just picked up the new Charles Oakley book this week and started reading a little bit of it today. Uh, not far into it, so I don't really want to comment on it or anything yet, but I just I love like 90s NBA talk and NBA stories. Right. And so I imagine it's full of stories from his playing days like in the mid to late 80s and um, the 90s as well. So I'm really looking forward to reading this book. Right. Hopefully it's uh, not as much of his recent year stories like being drunk at games and having to get kicked, <laughs> forced to leave. He was even drunk at that game. He just got kicked out because he was criticized. Um, uh, Dolan in like the, the press or something like so Dolan kicked him out because Dolan's a dick. <laughs> no, didn't he make it? No, there was some time though he made a scene. Like no, no, he got kicked out. He he just got kicked out, and uh, James Dolan kicked him out of the arena. Like he he wasn't drunk. He, uh, I was had, like, thinking there was a. I remember hmm. that happening, but I thought there was also another time where like something else where he like made a scene and had to leave. No. Mm-mm. Nope, okay. just that one. That uh, one time you get kicked out of the garden. All right, then I apologize. I recant my statement, Charles. Oakley's going to find you and deal with you. Right? Yikes, that's scary. That would be scary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a real tough guy. Like You know how like, we talk about like sometimes they're yeah. real tough guys? Like the Morris brothers, real right. tough guys. Jokic, real tough guy. Um Draymond, I don't think he's a real tough guy. I think he's more of like Draymond, a Charles Barkley kind of talk, talk some smack, but he Draymond won't used do to, anything. Dr- Draymond used to be a tough guy, kind of like Isaiah Thomas used to be a tough guy. You know, back in his day, they were like the bad boys. Um, he, I would say Draymond's not as much anymore. He's not kicking people and punching people in the nuts anymore. So, no. um, yeah. Uh, if you don't have anything else on sports i'll leave it with this do you have anything else for before i give my closing side a remarks okay everyone should go and look at the picture of spike lee that i put on our instagram um top plays podcast is our instagram look for it i recently posted a picture i just took a picture of my tv screen but the look on Spike Lee's face during the Knicks game just says it all about the Knicks this and season. And being a fan of the Knicks in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean... For most years other than last. Right. Yeah, but that's the thing. They they really showed so much promise last year. And, I mean, the Hawks aren't doing great this year, um, but they're doing better than the Knicks. I have more hope for the Hawks to make it turn around. Same. Same. Though I'm still very glad that the Mavs beat them. I'm right now seeing a replay on NBA TV of the fifth foul on Luka, which was such BS, which he then got a technical for because he literally ran up to the ref clapping his hands and yelling something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't. No, you can't do that. But they also shouldn't have called the foul. It was ridiculous. Because... Uh, like 
shortly after they called Fifth Allen Brunson as an offensive foul because he drew the contact. And the fifth foul on Luca was very obvious. Trey Young trying to draw contact and then feigning as though he got fouled. It was ridiculous. Anyways, anyways, everybody go follow our, our Instagram and just look at Spike Lee's face. It says it says everything without words. Just his it's oh man, it's so sad. Oh man. But yeah, um, that's it for me. So if we want to switch over to side B and talk some music. And I don't even have much really to talk about when it comes to music, but um, the new Mitski album did come out this week. The new Mitski um, album, which I still don't get the title unless it's a concept album. Is Lauren Hell a person? What is it? Well, it's it's pronounced Laurel. Oh, that's so. right. It's Laurel, not Lauren. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. I'm obviously not on my game tonight. <laughs> um. I still don't know what I think about it as a whole project. I feel like I really need to look at the lyrics and everything because uh, a little backstory. Do you know that she like was trying to retire a couple years ago after Be the Cowboy came out? So she has a lot of issues with the line of fandom like she appreciates the fans and being able to do music she appreciates that aspect but it can be very overwhelming i think at times fame in general even though like she's not a big like pop star or anything like that she still has fame and for someone not used to it or someone for some people just in general it can be very difficult to deal with it and all everything that comes along with it so she i think in 2019 had was going to retire. That was after Be the Cowboy came out. And so she was going to take a, a leave and she really wanted to like just not do music again. But I think she ended up doing it. Oh, she ended up obviously ended up doing more because of this album. Um, I read somewhere that she, which this thing doesn't make sense. And I, there's a, there's a labeled episode about it as well, where they had uh, one, she like, she had an album left on her contract and they wanted to fulfill the con she wanted to fulfill her contract and i was like you realize you could just retire and you still wouldn't have to put the album out it's just if you put something out you're under contract with that record so five years later she wants to do another album it would be under that old contract right she couldn't she couldn't retire for now or take a leave for now and then come back under her own accord to do whatever she wants she would still be locked yeah, and sign with right. like she would still be locked in or something like that. She was on Dead Oceans. She's gonna have to release it on Dead Oceans unless it's unless it's signed in California. And sometimes you can be held if it's like seven years. You can maybe fight it or something. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but the thing is, you didn't have to complete the contract. I, I forget who it was on the the labeled podcast episode where they're like, "No, we want to fulfill our contract." Like you really didn't have to do that at all. You just if you quit as a band, you just quit as a band. You don't have to like trudge, trudge through it and, and put out like two more records or whatever. Right. That's like the only way to get out of a contract sometimes is to break up. Like bands have done that. That's like yeah. the only way we could get out of this with our with our record label, with whatever contract we were in, is if we call it quits. But if you do that, you have to indefinitely call it quits. 
And then you have to also have to see how the contract is signed. Like if it was just the band or the members, let's say like a lead singer, like then wants to do a project two years later, the label still might try to hold on to that old contract. There's, there's a lot that could go with it. Like kind of like Chris Caraba, um, like how he wanted to leave that, uh, dashboard how he wanted to leave further seems forever to do dashboard and really got the okay from tooth and nail because he technically was under contract and they could have like held him to it but right but that's a smaller label that didn't yeah they didn't force him yeah there was a lot that went down with that um yeah i mean i could get into it if you want but there's a lot no, no. Well, let's 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 focus on this Mitski record and yeah. everything. So basically, I think a lot of it deals with her um, difficulties with that. Let's say say from 2019 when she had uh, decided to walk away from music, at least for a period of time, if not indefinitely, at that point. Um, so I'm kind of curious to drive it, dive into it from a lyrical aspect too, and really analyze it. But just going, I'm just going to go on like the first few listens. So I don't know what I think about it yet. There are some songs I really like. Um, I really enjoy the variety she brings to the songs, like how the song, like Valentine, Texas, like the very first song on the the track. Yeah. It starts off nice and slow and that kind of gets kind of almost like whimsical or something in a way. And like towards the middle, like I really like what she does with the song itself. Um, I'm still not a big fan of working for the knife like you. Like I, I don't, I just don't really like that song a lot. It's okay. Um, but there there's, I'm really still listening to the I'm still like especially towards the end I really need to focus more on towards the end um really still like Heat Lightning a lot it's probably one of my favorite songs it's yeah Heat Lightning's really good for sure um Should Have Been Me is a pretty good song yeah it is uh I really like Love Me More as well that's another I one. I don't know if I like Love Me More or not that was one of the singles um it is yeah I don't know um would have been me is pretty good. Um, everyone, everyone's a really good song. So it's like I'm at the point now. I like the album, which I I was surprised when you told me that. I was like, oh okay. I told you I was gonna wait, and I, it's on the podcast. I said, you know, I'm not giving up on it yet. But right now, the only single that I jive with is Heatlining. There, some of the stuff that's that's on the album is more in that vein and so i like it i don't know that i'm gonna buy it i don't think like i'm definitely fine with the fact that i don't own it on vinyl or in heaven i don't know that that's gonna happen i don't like it that much but it's a better album than what i first was getting um impression wise from the singles good good i'm glad uh you're definitely enjoying it more, which is, it, that's kind of like how I was with every time I die. I was like, eh, we'll see. I don't know how I'm going like, to like it because I, I know how that is. Um, but I was really excited to listen to this record. Um, I have it coming on vinyl because I pre-ordered it. I think I have the button one. I believe it's, it's so the button 80s. variant. Yeah, um, I remember uh, you talking about getting the button variant. trade. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that shipped out. So I should probably get probably end of the week or beginning of the next week, I would say. So um, the don't think I love it, and I don't know if I'll love it. Uh, I definitely am enjoying it right now, but I don't know if I'll like the whole thing. Like, I could see it maybe being like three-fourths I really, really like, and there's a few that I don't like. So I don't know if even if it'll end up on the album of the year. Like, 
I would be, I'm, and I might be stuck at just how I mean, good titles there were last year. I don't know if it'll even be in my top. It might be an honorable mention or something, but that's obviously I've only spent a few days with it. It's what Sunday, so yeah, three days. <laughs> She's better than this album, I think. And I be think the Cowboy is pretty good. I mean, I, that's that one yeah. I would say is a better album than this. Uh, I know a lot of people like Puberty yeah. too. Yeah, I would say Puberty 2 is also a better album than this. So, like, there's certain tracks on this album, like I said, that I do really like, and they're strong, and they're good. But for whatever reason, didn't she didn't give, for, for what I enjoy, it's not a full album. It is some really good tracks, and then just filler. I definitely really like some of the songs on here, but I think that's kind of first impressions. That's what I'm kind of leaning towards as well. Not necessarily filler as much as like, there's some songs that are just kind of like, I don't know. They don't hit me or resonate with me. Like some of the other ones do, even if like some of the singles, they're, they're really catchy and poppy. And I really like some of the things that she did with those. And then I really like some of the songs, how they'll start. And she just kind of changes up signature and whatnot on them as well. I like that aspect, especially like I, like I point out in Valentine, Texas, because um, she really does a lot of interesting things with her songs. Um, interesting to see how this grows with me in the next couple of weeks, because right now I don't have anything um, on the radar that I can think of that would like really take precedence over me listening to this album a lot this week. So I could see me getting a few more plays in this week, uh, maybe getting a better idea of it um, as the week moves on and progresses. Squad five O, Squad five O dropped the new album. I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I got it. I got that seven inch coming. Um, it's a seven inch. I yeah. thought it was a full album. It's like seven or eight songs, but it's only a seven inch. It's Stay Gold is the name of it. Um, it's very. <laughs> if you're a Squad five O fan, it's very Squad five O rock and roll. Um, it sounds like them, so. It's good. It'll probably stay under the radar. I doubt it. it's going to get a lot of attention because they haven't, they never really blew up, you know, like they, they made noise for a short time in their scene, similar to like a five iron frenzy type of scene that kind of like quasi Christian, but they never exploded and they have like a cult following, but they've been gone for so long, you know, that I just don't think a lot of people, have them on their radar to note to notice this album but i like it i'm excited for it um i've also like met mainly their bass player i actually got to know and have hung out with a bit because he's also the bass player in gasoline heart another band that not many people know but they're one of my favorite bands forever and i mean so i've gotten to know him a little bit even though he probably doesn't remember me um i'm very excited for it then it's not out yet, but um, coming up is the new Frank Turner album, Frank Turner Hardcore. It's really just being called FTHHC. Um, so excited for it. I can't, I've been digging the singles that he's been dropping, and I can't wait till this album comes out. And some of it gets really deep. Like he has a song. I forget the exact name of it, but it's like something Miranda. And basically the song is about having this really great relationship with Miranda, even though the fact that when Miranda didn't transition before Miranda transitioned, 
Miranda was her, his father and they did not have a good relationship. And now that his father has transitioned into a woman, they have a very good relationship. And so like, that's pretty deep. And there's some other stuff that's really good on it. I just love Frank Turner. So I'm very excited for that album. I have ordered it on vinyl. It's definitely coming. Um, and also uh, Gangs of Youth, their album, I think it's the 20, like 22nd or 23rd. I've been listening to their singles since like sometime in December. That's another band I like a lot. They're kind of like a more punk rock Bruce Springsteen kind of vibe. Um, I, but I'm, I'm a big fan. And so I'm very excited for that album. So, but nothing think of this week, just stuff later in the month that has been on my radar for a while. Yeah. This week I had the, uh, like, I know this is like the past week, but this week I had the, um, it's record. There's a really good Labyrinth song that was in Euphoria last week, and that came out as a single. So good. So I enjoyed that as well. Um, there was one other thing that was on my release radar, like on Spotify, how it does the, the playlist. And I'm going to see if I can find it real quick, because I thought it was pretty good. I don't know if I bought the song or not. For it. The um, Euphoria, the song off Euphoria that we're talking about is by Labyrinth, which he's the main mm-hmm. person behind all of Euphoria's um, music. But uh, it's called I'm Tired. And yeah, uh, that's the scene that it happens in. It's like it's in a church with uh, with the character Rue and Labyrinth is actually singing on it. Cause I asked you, I thought it was him and I messaged you. I was like, is that Labyrinth? And you weren't sure yet, but then we both, I think looked it up and we we're like, yep, that's him. But it's an incredibly powerful scene with the song and it's really good. And then, yeah, the recording of I'm tired is excellent. Uh, really, really good. Uh, there's two songs that were on that. So I'm going to listen to the other song just to, cause I don't know if that one played during the show or not. Um, I know this is just uh, real quick, man. Tonight's episode, you're gonna it's it's a ride. That's all I'm gonna say. It's I'm gonna stay up first, late and watch it as soon as we're done, which is what I did last the week. The first scene is just the acting from Zendaya in the first say I don't know the first scene's like maybe twelve minutes, ten minutes, something like that, and just just incredible. Like she's such a good actress. Um. The whole cast, there's a lot of strong acting. It's a hard show to watch because of what they go through and the horrible decisions that these characters are making and the situations they put themselves in. But it's so well done and it's so it's so artistic the way it's done, too. You know, it's based off of an Israeli show. Apparently, yeah. it's definitely mm-hmm. made a lot of jumps away from the original as it's gone on, especially into the second season. But that's what it's originally based off of. But uh, it's it's, a real, it's just a great show. And a lot of, obviously, she's phenomenal, but a lot of the acting is really, really good. Uh, so the person um, that plays Jules, what's Hunter's last name? Uh, Hunter... Um, starts with an S, doesn't it? Yep, it starts with an S. It's eluding me for the moment, but 
Yes, Schaefer. Hunter Schaefer also does an incredible job. I mean, all of them. The drug dealer, the nice guy drug dealer, which apparently is his character from the article I've read is very is very much coming from Israeli. But yeah, I Fezco, he is one of my favorite characters on the show. He was actually supposed Hands to be down. killed off in the first season, but they, he impressed the uh, showrunner so much that they decided to keep him on. Right. Yeah, I did. I think I maybe I saw one of the like interviews after the fact or something about him and, and learned that. But yeah, like he is definitely one of my favorite characters on the show by far. I just love what they've done with him and he does a good job with it uh, as well. Again, the acting by many of the characters, uh, by many of the cast is very good. I love the show. Obviously, we're out of bounds. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but hey, yeah, it, I, I didn't worked. have much to talk about when it comes to music, so it was all right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I I really I'm enjoying it, and uh, I think the soundtrack for season two seems pretty good. Like it could be one of those potentials on vinyl because I know they had like a Lana Del Rey single, they had the Labyrinth single last week. Um, I feel like there's something I else want the first too. I, I oh, didn't uh, pay Tobol attention. had one too. It was pretty good. It was called How Long. Yep. Yeah, I didn't pay attention until after the fact so i don't have it but i want to get one of the variants of the first season on vinyl and it's very i mean labyrinth is basically the curator so a lot yeah. of the stuff is him and but i want the first season and i i def i i i could go ahead and say i know i want the second season soundtrack as well so but i have it on my wish list for the first season on my discogs wish list so i'm looking for it we'll see I was taking a look at the soundtrack because I'm not uh, familiar with who all did the uh, the soundtrack for the first season. Um, just who was on it. Like, I remember some of the songs. But, yeah, they have uh, that Arcade Fire song. It was, like, perfect when it's on My Body is a Cage, which that song's great anyway. Um, then they have the Billie Eilish Ros- uh, Rosalia song. That one's pretty good, too. I think it just has a good vibe to it. Uh, yeah, that's actually pretty decent. For the soundtrack, because I was like, yeah, yep. like the one that popped up was like the purple one. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's one people really like. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind the purple one either. But I mean, a lot of the stuff that just Labyrinth has written for the show is really, really good. Um, but I didn't even, I didn't, I had heard that name, but I knew nothing about him until I started looking up, um, like trying to look for the songs when I was re when I was watching the first season because I didn't finish the first season. So when the new season was about to come out, I wanted to make sure I finished the first. So I watched the last few episodes of the first season and the music like really stuck with me. So I wanted to, I'm like, who is this? And that's how I looked up and found out about Labyrinth and all. So uh, I'm pretty sure it worked with Kanye West as well. Uh, I'm not sorry, not Kanye West, the weekend rather on his, um, Beauty Behind the Madness. I think he's on like song two or think three on right. the record, if memory serves. Like I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, he's worked with a few people, and I'm pretty sure that's what, that's correct. That that uh, it was the weekend on that. So, um, well, yeah, I don't have a lot more. Um, any vinyl talk? Um, trying to see. Uh, I listened to pretty much everything that came this week. Uh, I ended up um, trying to see 
Lucy Dacus released a new seven inch. Um, really, I didn't yeah. realize that. She did the it had one side like side B is the thumbs, uh, full band song, and uh, on the first the she released a new song and it was um on the A side of the record, and the Matchbook Romance, um. I know they were I'm trying big to think of the, like voices. I think is the name of the record. They finally pressed that to vinyl, and I purchased it. I'm so glad. <laughs> I know they were like a big band in our scene. I saw them two or three times when I was like first getting in the scene in the early aughts and going to shows. I just never fell in love with them like all my fan, like all my friends did. Now, the I'm pretty sure it was the singer, if I remember correctly ended up moving to like Jacksonville and started another band after matchbook was romance was done. That was called Valley something or something Valley. I don't Valley was in the title and they played Tallahassee a few times and we had a mutual friend. So I actually hung out with him a little bit and he was Mm -hmm. cool. He seemed like a cool guy, but, uh, and they were pretty good. I just can't remember it now. It never really went anywhere. Uh, but I don't know. I just never really got in the matchbook romance, even though they were right in line and touring with all the bands that I fell in love with in the early like emo craze when I first joined the like joined into the scene. I don't know. I saw them like I said, I saw them quite a few times on on tours. I just I never really like you mentioned that that album was coming out and I was like, eh, nah, I don't care. Yeah, really. I never was much into them outside of this record. Like, I didn't care for the first one. I know a lot of people like the uh, something in Alibis is the name of the the first record. And it's just eh. And then I saw them live at Warp Tour in fifteen, I think fourteen or fifteen. I think it's fourteen. And I just honestly didn't care for them live. I was kind of let down. I was like, ooh, that wasn't very good. Um, but uh, I do like this record, and so it's it's nice to have finally at some point like this week or or the following week I'll have it on vinyl and uh, to listen to it would be nice. Uh, but other than that, I actually did pretty good. If with you vinyl saw movies. them, sorry, if you saw them in like their teens, that must have been like a reunion, basically, because I mean the last album they put yeah, out, yeah, because they were broken. Yeah, yeah, that was way after I had kind of like hung out with the dude when he had tried the side project. Um, but yeah, the voices is the second album the one that they you're talking about stories and alibis was the first album uh that came out in 03 voices came out in 06 and then after that there was a little bit after that they pretty well called it quits yeah it is. i mean they didn't do maybe like a song and that was about it but uh yeah i mean they're a band i didn't really like like love or anything but i remember when i heard voices like oh this is a pretty good record it was like in MySpace days, someone at work uh, that I had worked with told me about them. So I went on MySpace and checked out the rec- like a couple of the songs, end up uh, finding the record somewhere online and, and listen to it. But uh, uh, I like it. I don't love it, but I really like it a lot. And I was like, oh, I would love to have it on vinyl at some point. Um, and so when I saw it get posted this week, right. they had the Standard Black on the Wet Bands website or Coke Bottle on – I think it was Dark Side Records had the Coke Bottle variant. So I was like, I'll just buy the Coke Bottle because it's different. Um, yeah, I saw one I of you, a couple. I saw one of your um, vinyl snob comments asking, "Is Coke bottle the only colored variant?" 
<laughs> well, no, I was asking because like sometimes like they'll have multiple websites. It wasn't a, a snob comment as much. Right, as, like, I, I'm just picking on you. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to see if there's any other variants that I was missing because I tried looking at like this Reddit that I that I follow and I didn't see anything listed there. Um, I did a Google search and didn't see anything listed, so I just want to make sure I wasn't missing like like a better like variant because um, it was about the right. same price between either site. I just got Coke bottle because I thought it's something different versus black. It's- yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm what? just picking on you. I mean, I love that for you since you like the album, <laughs> but you got it, you know? Yeah. Um, my alchemy index from Thrice came in and it's and it, and it arrived in very good condition because you had me kind of worried <laughs> um, after, tell, after you asked me like six times, or after like not asking me, but after like six times of you saying, I hope it literally comes. wasn't even six times. It might have been three max. I saw it was that multiple times. Chat, but I was, yeah, yeah, like two or three. It was not like six times. It was like, I asked you, like, it was because I asked you, uh, one, well, I asked <laughs> you if it was shipped yet because I think yours, I think we, I'd saw. Uh, at some point where you had posted like where yours had shipped. And I think it was just like a day or two after mine did. And I had mine and you never mentioned anything about yours. And yeah, no, it definitely shipped after. Yeah. And then I just um, said so like, because about a I week. saw two different posts about like the, uh, the record coming in where the, the, the leather part of the book had gotten punctured or damaged in the shipment. And so I think I might've, if, if anything, I asked you three times, but I know I asked you twice about it um you mentioned, mentioned uh, like it you twice. mentioned it you mentioned it enough times not like six times six times is a <laughs> like a gross overestimate there you me- you mentioned it enough times that i had to say why why are you so concerned that this about it coming you know like safely uh yeah cuz i mentioned mine came and i was pr- i was pretty glad when there's no damage yeah yeah, so I'm like, okay, why do you keep bringing up this hope it comes undamaged? Is there something going on? And that's when you yeah, said... Two posts at least. They had yeah, uh, shown damage to the vinyl. Or not the vinyl, yeah. but the leather, rather. Yeah, so mine came great. I've only made it through two of the EPs so far. Um, but, but that's because I've listened to both of them more than once um, before moving on to the second two but i'm very very excited that that was one of my like white whales that uh that that it's very expensive to get the older pressings of alchemy index hell this one's expensive like i mean the lowest one was yeah, like 175 but, already as a resale which is yes at least double yeah but it when they repressed it, it was like 80 or something, which makes sense for what it is. Yeah. So for the previous one they did was 60 and they did that right. one about 2017 or 18. It was in, it was around Christmas time. Cause I considered it, but I not really listened to the alchemy index that much. So I passed on it and it was $60. So it, they did increase it, but this one is such a nice job that I am totally fine paying what I did with it because it's awesome. Yeah, they did a great job with the variants, the colors. Also, though I think it's been I think this is the third time it's been pressed and like trying to find trying to find any of the older ones, they're like all over $100 to purchase. So, this was still cheaper than me trying to get any of those. So, I was 
I was very happy to get it. I'm stoked to listen to the next two. I mean, it's great for any, uh, for anyone that does not know the alchemy index by thrice. They basically, it's all about the elements of their sound is the idea behind it. So they broke down through four. I think they're all six songs. They broke down like their elements. So the, Index one is fire and it's their like just really aggressive. They're really like hardcore post hardcore sound, which the last few albums by thrice doesn't have as much of it, but that they're like uh, where they leaned into the punk and the post hardcore more just a much more aggressive, um, heavy sound. It's really, really good. Uh, Then the, the second one is water and that's a much more uh, very, I guess you would say like experimental, uh, a little bit more electronic leaning. It's also really good. There's also, I can't remember what order. Do you remember for sure what order it's in? I don't have it in front of me. Um, yeah. It's a uh, fire, water, air, land, or Okay. What have you? Earth or whatever the last. I think it's be. Earth, but yeah, I just couldn't remember what order the last two came in. Um, was all it was, but uh, it's. I'm just so glad to have it now, because um, like I said, it was it was something I bought it on CD when it first came out, uh, and I've always loved it. I've always been a huge fan of it, and and like I said, it was something I wanted. It was just a matter of getting it. Uh, so, yeah, so it's volume or index one is fire. Index two is water. And then it goes index three is air. Index four is earth. Uh, so it's four EPs. And the way they released it on vinyl is they're, they come out. And obviously the color variants match the title of the index. So it's like red, blue, once this like light purple, like a blend of purple pink. You know, it's really cool. It's it's just all really well done. Uh, But in a leather bound book. And then so like the pages of the book are also the inserts that the vinyl slides into. And they have like a description breaking down each element or each index. It's just really well done. Um, I like I like the concept. I think they did a really good. It's very artistic. And honestly, I don't know. Like I like Thrice since then, but also because it's just something so different and something so artistic. It's not like a normal album. Uh, I don't know if I've liked anything since as much as I like it from them. Uh, And again, I'm just so glad to have it on vinyl because it was like a white whale for me. And I just had never been at a point that I was like, yeah, I'm going to spend a hundred and something dollars on this. I've been happy. Yeah. And it, it's done so well. That's what makes me happy. Like even paying like the higher price on it has definitely seemed worth it. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on it. I'm going to probably listen to 
the second to tomorrow while I'm working from home. And then I'll probably listen to all four of them again tomorrow. Cause I should have time and uh, really dig into it. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. But that was, that was the only real vinyl that I, that I really grabbed this week. Um, was it other than that? I had, you know, I've been, had had to get like some just like regularly scheduled car work done. That was, you know, and so I had to spend money on that and some other stuff. I bought an early birthday present to myself and bought Jason Isbell and Cheryl Crow tickets that are going to have that show is going to be in June. I went ahead and bought two tickets for that, which Waxahachie is the opener. So let me tell you, I am stoked to finally see Waxahachie live. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good show for sure. Yeah, because I've been talking about them on this podcast for a little while. We both have. But um, if anyone's been listening to uh, past episodes, uh, listeners know I'm a fan of Waxahachie. So I'm very excited to see them again. It's not until June. It's June 10th. It's a Friday. I don't even have to ask off work for it. So uh, I'm I'm stoked for that. But they were not cheap tickets. So I had to I spent a good bit of money on that. And so I laying laying off vinyl for a little bit right now that's how that's how you know they're expensive well uh we will have a pretty short a shorter episode for us this week not bad um I, yeah it'll only be like an hour and a half or a little more than an hour and a half that's shorter for us yeah that's not bad at all um i I'm definitely going to watch it. It's like sometimes I'm like, hey, like last week I wasn't tired, so I ended up watching a little bit of The Wire. That won't happen this week. I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm like, eh. And plus I have to get up in like six hours anyway. But I'll get more sleep than I normally would on a Sunday. Uh, That's yeah, good for you. Most time it's like um, 1 one thirty. I think last week it was four, 2 in the morning. I got four hours of sleep. So this is pretty good. But uh, The Wire, I finished up season one last night. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really liked it. And I know that's not even the best season. I know most people think three or four is the best season of The Wire. So I really enjoyed season one. Uh, season two has some of the same characters. It just focuses on like a different aspect of it. So this is more about the port. Uh, I've only seen the first episode so far because I watched it tonight while eating. And uh, I might have seen part of episode two, maybe like the first 10 minutes or so. It's a crime drama, right? Yeah, it's on HBO. Yeah. Um, after I'm like I, said, I watched two, three episodes and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've been on this show." So um, I know you're uh, watching some HBO shows. This is definitely one that down the road. There's sixty total episodes. They are about an hour each. Like most of them are fifty-five to just a little over an hour. At least everyone has been so far. But it's been really entertaining. Uh, the story's really good. Um, like I said, I'm in season two, so I still have a lot left, but, uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. So I can't wait to see, uh, more of it. I'll watch it more this week. I'm taking a, um, uh, a week off from, uh, from working out. It's taking like an off week for, uh, I always just do that every now and then it's been like five months since I have. So I'll probably watch a few more episodes like tomorrow. I'll probably be tired and tomorrow night put on like an episode or two before heading like, like crashing off to bed. But yeah. Uh, I have nothing else. Uh, we have the Super Bowl next week. Uh, depending how, or depending what we're, uh, schedules look like, maybe we'll record after the Super Bowl. If not, 
maybe that following Monday or something. We'll do like a wrap up or something of the football season. And it seems weird. If we're, if we're both up for it, it would be fun to do it right after the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl doesn't usually go crazy late. So No. It's like, it's like over by 10 to 10.30, just kind of depending. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, that's what we did tonight anyway. It was like about 10.30, so uh, – or closer to 11, something like that. But, yeah, I'd be down for that for sure next week. Um, yeah, sounds good. Oh, jeez, I I blew it this time because uh, we just got into talking. But Top Place Podcast, find us on Spotify, find us on Apple Podcasts. There's a couple other places you can find us as well. Um, but pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, yeah, uh, we we use Anchor. That's what we distribute through. Um, yes. So you can also find us on the Anchor app. Uh, I w- I was going to mention real quick. I um I started watching Peacemaker. If you like Suicide Squad, especially the second Suicide Squad, you might would like Peacemaker. I'm not very far into it. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's better than I thought it would be. The intro is pretty hilarious. Uh, it's incredible. But, I mean, I'm enjoying it so far. I also have started re- uh, watching The Clone Wars um, but from Star Wars because mutual friends of ours, uh, Brett and Leanne uh Brett especially been like you need you need to watch it you need to watch it because we've been talking Mandalorian and Boba Fett a lot the three of us and so I've started watching it I think I'm on like episode 12 or 13 of the first season so I've been watching that and a few other things um the the show Servant on Apple is a great show. The third season is out now. I think it's three episodes in. It's creepy as hell, but it's a good show. It's 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 weird, but I like it a lot. Um, yeah, those are the shows I've been really getting into. I watch a lot of foreign stuff on Netflix as well because they do a better job of doing like really dark, weird, supernatural shows. Uh, it seems better than um, the American creators for whatever reason. So I'm always watching one of them. But yeah, that's about it. Well, we get like the next two Sundays then uh, if, if you're up for them, depending on your schedule, because we're looking Super Bowl next week. And the week after that is the NBA um, All-Star game. Yeah. I'm excited. That. So I really would like to do, it'd be cool to do on Saturday night, depending on how schedules line up. Um, that way, can, it could be busier for me. I don't know, but uh, if if we could, like after NBA All Star Saturday night, would be sick because that's always like, really exciting. Versus the game hasn't been as exciting, um, but maybe we'll, we'll we'll talk when it gets closer to it. But that's the episode. <laughs> for sure, I get sleep tonight. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of here and uh, watch watch Euphoria, watch Euphoria, and keep dreaming about how amazing uh, Luka Doncic is. I mean, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm highlights just came on NBA TV of their game tonight against the Hawks, and oh man, he even had it. They're gonna be having the they they'll probably be having like the 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 draft this week then for the uh, if they're doing it that way like they have been where they pick players for the All Star teams. I mean, they've already announced starters, and they yeah, already... but they're not going to do it like next week, right yeah. before the game. So I would imagine right. it starts this weekend. They probably do it on Thursday. Yeah, probably. TNT. But, yeah, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. And other than Same. I'm, I'm, 
I'm picking the Rams. I'm just going for a good game. I'll honestly, if the Rams win, I'll be so happy for Matt Stafford. And if the Bengals win, I'll be so happy for Burrow and for the Bengals, you know, to that not only have they broke, they've broken their 31 year playoff curse, but they're in, I mean, to win, to break that curse of winning a playoff game after 31 years and going all the way to and winning the Super Bowl, that that would be incredible. It would. And uh, yeah, we're ending this now because one, I'm going to be waiting for about like 10 minutes and I want to know what you think of that first scene in Euphoria. So <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. All right. All right. Top plays.